Hey Cross Trainers, Donny P coming at you Wednesday evening the 16th of November 2022 from the Gold Coast. It was a beautiful day here today. Uh, it's now the evening and lately I've been studying about finances um, and what the word says about finances. So let's get into that. So the first place I want to go is Luke 16 verse 11. And what that says out of the classic amplifier that I'm reading uh, as a hard copy is, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the case, uh, case of unrighteous mammon, deceitful riches, money possessions, who will entrust to you the true riches? Um, so, yeah, this is God saying, well, if you can't be trusted with what he gives you in the way of money, then why would he want to give you anything else? And if you're not prepared to trust him with that, then how can you trust him with anything else? It's it's really all about our trust factor and yeah, how we how we view God, uh, how much we trust him. So let's go to James one verse seventeen. Um, just going over there, James one verse seventeen. It says. Every good gift and every perfect, free, large, full gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of all that gives light. Uh, In the shining of whom there can be no variation, rising or setting, or shadow cast by his turning, as in an eclipse. Um, So yeah, every good and perfect gift, whatever it is, comes from God. So... Our health, our mobility, our senses, our income, every single thing, it all comes from God. And let's go to Acts 17.28. Go over there. Acts 17.28. Just looking to that. All right. So it says, for in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. But how it says in him we live and move and have our being, it means that every form of sustenance and every capability that we have, it all comes from God. Um, So everything is because of him and from him. So the physical life and skills and abilities and movement and uh, cognitive capacity, everything that we enjoy as a human is a gift of God or from God. And literally in him, we live and move and have our being. So everything that we have now or ever will have is simply because God is so good and he allows us to enjoy the lives that we have. So God is the source of everything, including finances. He owns everything. He owns you and me, money, the the whole lot. So we're actually stewards, not owners. And so when we realize it, that, uh, well, when I realized that was um, my father died in 2007 and I was the one that cleaned up uh, everything in his house and removed all of his belongings and got rid of them and cleaned up and, you know, fixed the place up and and whatever. And 
uh, you know, it was sort of a surreal moment, but it was a really good moment from the perspective that it taught me, well, once we're dead, that's it. We have no say over anything and, uh, you know, we've, we've got to leave everything behind and someone else uh, gets what we had. And so it's really important to see ourselves as stewards and not owners. So we're, we're just here for a little while and like the word says, our life is like a breath. It's here one minute, gone the next. Um, it's a very fleeting and temporary existence. So it's good to keep in the back of our minds that God is the source of everything and we need to acknowledge him as such rather than delude ourselves that we're the source because we truly aren't. God is. Um, he is the source and the owner of all things. So um, many Christians struggle financially because they've been carrying the responsibility of finances, but God wants to be the source of everything in our lives, including finances. And the reality is that he is anyway, regardless of whether we acknowledge him as such. But if we try and delude ourselves that we're the source, then we're carrying the burden of financial responsibility, which we were never meant to um, to carry. And that's why people get stressed out about finances and life and you know, just everything physical, but God wants to take that burden off us and lift it off us. And I mean, I've been there and done that. I've viewed myself as, you know, the owner and the provider of everything and all of that. And it it truly is a burden. And when you give that to God, uh, like Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and, and so forth. But you know, when you acknowledge God as your shepherd, well, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd cares for the sheep, he provides for the sheep, he feeds the sheep, he protects the sheep, he guides and directs the sheep. And so Psalm 23 is not just a a trite thing that sounds nice, it's actually true. The Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want. Um, but that only happens if we acknowledge him as shepherd, provider, and the source of everything. Uh, So it's really important that we do that. But as mentioned, God doesn't want us to carry the burden of financial responsibility. Um, He wants to be our provider of everything. He wants us to look to him um, and to see ourselves as stewards and not owners. And that will bring peace. It will bring contentment and it will bring a shifting of the burden from us onto God And that's how it should be. That is not an excuse to sit around and do nothing and, you know, be like a baby bird in in the nest with your mouth open, expect God to, you know, drop food down your throat. You've still got to go out and work. And, you know, the word says that if you don't work, then you shouldn't eat. Uh, That's a principle. And if you try and break that, it'll break you. But, um, yeah, we we aren't to be slack. We're to work uh, six days out of seven and, um, you know, develop income, etc., and use the talents and capabilities and blessings and giftings that God has given to each one of us, but we're to acknowledge God as the source of everything. So uh, when we think that money comes entirely by and through our own efforts, we tend to keep a tighter hold on it, and it becomes our master, and that is exactly what we shouldn't be doing, Uh, But see, the enemy structured this this society 
uh, to try and get us to carry the financial burden and try and get us to think that we are the source of everything because in doing that, we're excluding God and the enemy loves that. Uh, so we've got to be intentional about seeing ourselves as um, as stewards, not as owners. So, um, yeah, doing that will totally change our perspective on money um, and the power that it plays in our lives. And it will actually cease to control us uh, by doing that. So simply changing our perspective from owner to steward in our mindset will make a huge difference. Um, Money will lose its power and control over us and we will then look to God as our provider, shepherd, master, everything. Because that in reality is exactly what he is. So what happens though is a lot of people tend to commit to God spiritually but they see money as a private out-of-bounds personal matter and they see money as you know, something entirely separate from their walk with God and something they must control and, you know, they have an ownership mentality about it. But that's what causes the problems. I mean, God doesn't need our money. He doesn't care. I mean, he owns everything anyway. Um, the only reason he, uh, he tells us to give, and um, I believe that tithing is a principle of generosity and... Um, you know, if you practice generosity, it will be multiplied back to you. But we we don't give to get. We, we give because we want to be like God. But God instituted giving and tithing because he wants us to be generous. He wants to get our minds off of ourselves and onto other people. And he wants us to realize that, hey, I mean, we, we're just passing through town metaphorically. We, we're here uh, for a little while and, and then we're gone. Uh, we will go on to our eternal life and we'll lay this uh, jar of clay down and our spirit will live with God forever, um, you know, for those that have accepted Christ at least. Uh, so it's it's important that we get this life into perspective and it's important as well that we surrender this control and ownership mentality and um, confess with our mouths and um, acknowledge God in our hearts as uh, the owner of all things. And we're here simply because he allowed us to be here and he gave us every talent and every gift and every capability that we could ever have. So we need to acknowledge him. Um, So step one in being responsible with our finances is to realise that uh, money does not actually belong to us. It belongs to God. But again, in in say, uh, saying that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, God is not after our money, quote unquote. Um, he, he just likes it when we're cheerful givers and when we're generous because that's showing that we've actually understood uh, what he wants us to understand in that he wants us to be generous, he wants us to give and serve, and he wants us to put others ahead of, of our own uh, needs and ambitions and all of that. And that's why tithing exists. Um, God owns the cattle on the on a thousand hills. He owns everything, um, in including us. And um, the classic line, dare I say it, is that um, if you've ever been in a funeral... Whenever you're uh, driving along behind the hearse to the graveyard or the crematorium or whatever the case may be, 
there's never a U-Haul behind the hearse. People leave everything when they pass from this life. And, you know, we, we really need to recognise that. And as, as I said, I had that reality hit me when I was uh, taking care of my father's affairs after he passed. That reality really dawned on me and I thought, wow, I mean, you know, you work hard all, all your life and then you just check out and leave everything and someone else gets to say and do and act and distribute um, everything you work for and so you, you sort of hope that they're going to be wise with it. Um, so in Genesis 20, I'm not going to go there, I'm just going to talk to you about it. Um, it's talking about Abraham and Abraham wasn't wealthy because he was a shrewd business person. He was prosperous and uh, rich simply because God promised to bless him and to make him great. And that blessing was independent of Abraham's performance or whether he deserved it or not. Um, It was purely the favour of God that made Abraham rich. And so in the same way, um, our efforts are not the source of prosperity in our lives. God is. God gives us everything. Um, So... You know, it's 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 important to realise that God as our Father is the one who blesses us and He He loves to do it. Um, so in Genesis 13, uh, 8 through to 11, I encourage you to read this. Uh, it's talking about uh, Abraham's confidence in God as his source. Um, what happened was uh, his flocks and herds and Lot's flocks and herds had increased so much that they were running out of pasture. And um, Abraham said to Lot, well, I, I, I think we need to split up. Um, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And you take whatever you want. You say where you want to go. I'll go the opposite direction and let's do it that way. Um, so Lot ended up taking the, the best pasture uh, that he could possibly take and Abraham was left to wander in the desert and um, Abraham gave him that choice and option and of course Lot took for himself the best possible option which all of us would do humanly if given that choice we'd all do that let's not kid ourselves um, <clears throat> excuse me yeah so Lot took the best possible thing he could um, and in, in the natural, um, you know, if, if you had a big herd of sheep and camels and goats and whatever else he had, um, as in Abraham, um, and he had to go to the desert and try and feed all of his livestock um, after he gave away all of the good pasture, in the natural you would think that uh, that would be an absolute recipe for failure. But Abraham trusted God so much and was in relationship uh, so closely that he knew that whatever he did and wherever he went, God would bless him because God gave his word to him and God is not a man that he could lie. And so after Abraham and Lot split up, uh, God actually said to, Abra- uh, yeah, to uh, Abraham, I will make your seed as the dust of, of the earth. So that's in Genesis 13 verse 14 through to 17 so the really amazing uh multiplication happened after abraham and lot separated and when abraham 
in the natural had the worst part of the deal. Uh, God, being who he is, it doesn't matter how physical things look. If God is for you, no one can be against you. And so Abraham's faith and confidence was in God to honor what he said and to bless him regardless of his performance or anything else. But again, that's not to say that we should be spiritual laggards or slack or lazy or whatever. We've still got to do our part. But regardless of our performance, if God has said that he wants to bless you, then he's he's going to do it. And that's what happened with Abraham. So Abraham acknowledged God as his source and he trusted in and relied on the word of God the spoken word of God and his relationship with God uh, to get him through. Um, So yeah, God told Abraham, I will bless you and make your name great. And Abraham never forgot those words or that interaction. So Abraham put in the effort to maintain what God gave him, but it was the blessing of God that caused him to be so prosperous uh, rather than anything he did per se. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that Abraham was a bad steward or anything. He was probably a very good steward. But the blessing of God was upon him. And it was all about, you know, God's blessing rather than what he did. Um, So, again, we've got to see God and not ourselves as the source of everything we have in order to break money's hold over us as master and to put God in his rightful place as a master and as the owner, and to put ourselves in our rightful place, which is the the steward. And um, there's a parable of the talents that talks about these stewards and how, you know, some multiplied the talents they had tenfold, fivefold. Um, I, I think there's a, a part of that parable about how someone you know, developed their talents uh, and got double for it. But there's also a talent, um, well, part of the parable about someone that buried their their talent or their gifting or capability in the ground due to fear and the wrong perception of God. And that, that also is what holds people back. And when Jesus came back to get, you know, what he was hoping would even be a little bit of money with interest, um, the servant uh, or steward didn't even do that and he got uh, rebuked by Jesus and he was told he was a wicked and lazy servant but more importantly what he had was taken from him and given to those that had the right attitude and, and the right approach and were multiplying uh, what they were given rather than doing nothing with it so yeah there, there's a lot of a lot of lessons in that parable. Um, So we need to confess um, that all resources we have are a gift from God, every single thing we have. Um, So Genesis 15, 1, God told Abraham to fear not because he was his shield and his exceeding great reward. Um, So that, that applies to us too. God is our shield. Um, he's a strong tower that we can run to and be safe. He is our protector. He's our Jehovah Jireh, the, the, the one that provides. He's our everything. And when we look to him um, as our shield, protector, provider, shepherd, um, everything else falls into place. So, 
until we recognize God as our source, then nothing else in the Bible on finances is going to work. Um, but dare I say it, if we can't trust God um, in, in, in the least, and the least is referred to as our use of money by Jesus, it's not my words, um, you know, as, as mentioned, um, if we can't be trusted with the little, then we can't be trusted with much. So Jesus is looking at how, um, yeah, how we handle finances and he's looking for the heart attitude of, hey, I'm just here for a little while. I'm going to do the best I can with what I've been given. I'm going to multiply it. I'm going to develop it and I'm going to see my master one day and he's going to ask me what I did with what I was given and I want to be able to tell him, Master, um, I um, un- understood that I was a steward and I multiplied what you gave me. I was diligent. Um, I, I recognized it was your money, uh, your resources. You gave me everything and I recognized that and um, I treated your money uh, and your giftings and talents and capabilities that you gave me, I treated it all with the utmost uh, re- respect and um, I multiplied it and uh, here's what I did. And um, when we do that, Jesus will be very happy and he will say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Um you know, this is all in, in Scripture. Um, you know, and other parts of Scripture talk about uh, certain wicked and lazy servants that, you know, whose master went away for a long time and they thought he wasn't going to come back for ages and so they they started to, you know, just um, abuse the privilege and, and the, the blessings that they were given and squander everything and waste it and and disrespected and that never ended well um well in fact in in the in the parable uh or in the recount it didn't end well for that servant uh that steward but there's a um a bit of a reference too about well when when the steward realized that the master was going to terminate his management because of how wicked and lazy he was then he started to discount uh what the master was owed with all of the creditors that the master had and you know there's a statement in the scripture there that says well that that was actually pretty smart because that carried favor favor with the creditors and the manager was probably going to be able to get a a a role with someone that he uh provided the uh discount uh to and um that part of it was spoken of as okay well that was a really shrewd and wise thing to do in in the circumstances so you know um yeah we've 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 got to be wise we've got to be respectful but more importantly getting back to what i said before we've we've got to do the basics and and the basics is giving god at at least 10 percent of what we have not as a legalistic thing um, if you don't tithe, you're not going to get struck down by lightning or get leprosy or anything crazy like that. God is a God of love. Um, he doesn't need our money. 
um, he's after something way bigger than that, which is our hearts and minds. And he, he wants all of us, not just part of it. Uh, but money is a really good indicator of where our hearts are at and how much we trust him. And um, here I'm going out on a bit of a limb, but I believe this to be true. Um, if we don't trust God with finances, then we, we're probably not going to trust him with anything else. And money is viewed as a fundamental step by Jesus. So if we can't get the fundamentals right, the basics right, and if we don't believe Jesus and what he said about finances, then we aren't going to believe him about anything else either. And this has a a big flow-on effect to other aspects of our lives. So, for instance, um, if we're not you know, being generous and being a steward and looking after what we've given and acknowledging God as the the provider of everything, the owner of everything, the giver of all good gifts, um, the 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 one that has given us the capabilities and the uh, physical wherewithal to go and earn money, then if we aren't doing that, then if we need healing in our bodies or if we need deliverance or breakthrough or whatever, um, we, we're probably going to have trouble in, in getting those results simply because, A, we, we haven't trusted God in the little stuff, so how can we trust him in the big stuff? But, um, well, that's probably the, that, that is the, the, the key point, really. Yeah, we, we, we have to demonstrate to God that we are prepared to trust him regardless and uh, trusting him with money that we go out and earn. Um, he wants us to, to be generous and uh, to give back uh, to prove to him uh, that we understand and that we are on board. Um, you know, because talk is cheap, but tithing and giving and serving in that way is a demonstration that you actually believe and you're trusting God to multiply your your 90% and to give you a better result than what you'd get from the 100% if you didn't tithe. Um because God has has done that. He will do that. He's done that in my life. I've been tithing, and this is not tooting my horn, but ever since I was about 18 or even younger, um, I'm in my late 50s now, I've always tithed. Um, and it's never hurt me. I've always been blessed. Um, I've, yeah, I, I, I've never lacked. I've never starved. Uh God has been a faithful provider. I mean, you know, uh, we've been in some tight situations sometimes, but God has always seen us through. And there's there's a statement in Scripture that says, uh, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen God's, well, God's people begging for bread. Um, that just doesn't happen in the kingdom of God. God is a good provider. Psalm 23 is mentioned, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Um, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Actually, I'm, I'm going to read it. I, I think it's really important that that we read Psalm 23 together. Um, so here we go. 
The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide and shield me. I shall not lack. That is so profound. That is massive. I I could talk about that all night, but I won't. Uh, But I encourage you to unpack it yourself and get a concordance out and look at the root words of the Hebrew here and come to an understanding of what God's saying. But a shepherd feeds, guides, shields, protects, provides. Uh, That's what he does. Um, And this also, he makes me to lie down in fresh, tender green pastures. So that's saying that God is not going to give us rubbish. He's going to give us the the best you know fresh green pasture is way better than than a desert or some rocky thing where you know you can't really eat if 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 you're a sheep you know so being with god is not a second rate lifestyle it's actually a first class lifestyle um if you know god uh he is a great provider and you will be in green pastures and um the next part of verse two he leads me beside the still and restful waters. So this is talking about mind and heart peace. So when the Lord is your shepherd, not only is he feeding, guiding and shielding you and giving you his best, but you will have heart and mind peace. And that is invaluable. Uh, there are so many people out there on antidepressants that are suicidal, that are depressed, anxious, nervous, taking antidepressants and Valium and who knows what else. We don't have to do any of that because when the Lord is our shepherd and we recognize him as such, the, 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 the burden moves from us and it moves to him to be our provider. And so we can you know, do our part as a, as a sheep, which is to, to follow where the shepherd leads and to uh, be led into those green pastures. But uh, we, we don't have to worry or stress or fret about anything. And so what's happening right now about worldwide global financial downturns, we operate in a separate uh, e- economy. Uh, there is no lack with Jesus. Um, Jesus is not affected by a capitalistic, a socialistic or any other type of um, economy. He is the Lord of all. He is the Jehovah Jireh. Uh, he is our provider. And I, I can tell you that when the Lord is your shepherd, you will not want. And verse 3 of Psalm 23, he refreshes and restores my life. I mean, this is what the world seeks. This is what every person wants and covets and desires. They just don't know how to find it or where to get it. Well, Psalm 23 tells us how to get it. Um, It's all through Jesus. It's all a result of having him as your Lord and master and shepherd and provider. Um, And, you know, he's the one that refreshes and restores our lives. Um, And the rest of verse 3, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. So a, a shepherd is out there in front of the sheep and they follow him. And uh, as it says in John, the, the, the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, the master's voice, and will not listen to the voice of a hireling. Uh, so when we're in deep, intimate, personal relationship with Jesus, uh, we will follow him. 
um, as he leads us in the paths of righteousness and uprightness and right standing with him. Um, not, not because we've earned it, but for his name's sake, as it says. This is the goodness of God. You know, this is our God who is our shepherd. All, all we have to do as a, as, as a sheep is to be smart enough to follow where the, the shepherd leads. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not, not that hard. I mean, we, we make it complex. We, we try and do all these mental gymnastics and stuff when all we have to do is to realize that we're a sheep and just follow wherever the master goes, wherever the shepherd leads. Just that's all we have to do and we'll be taken care of. I mean, this is what I love about scripture. It's so basic. It's so simple. You almost need to have, I don't know what you like to not understand it, but I I do acknowledge that uh, the the scriptures are only, only unlocked and revealed to those that have the spirit of God. It's God's personal letter to us and it's foolishness to the unconverted mind. Um, so, yeah, that's in Romans, uh, Romans 8, I think. Um, and verse 4 of Psalm 23, it says, Yes, or yea, in the old King James, Yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, meaning we're all going to have trials in this life, sometimes things look really bleak and dark and, you know, we, we're questioning, well, what am I doing here? How did I get here and how am I going to get out of here? Uh, but the rest of verse 4, it says, I will uh, fear or dread no evil, for you are with me, you as in Jesus, as shepherd, your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. So if you've ever seen a shepherd, um, sometimes, well, sheep are not the smartest uh, creatures around and they'll often wander off by themselves, which uh, makes them uh, vulnerable to, to wolves and whatever else is out there in terms of predators. So the, the staff is used, well, the, the shepherd's crook, it, it's got a hook on it. So the, the shepherd would put that around the sheep's neck or even around its legs and drag it along and, you know, get it back on, on the right path. And, you know, with, with the staff, that's a, a long straight stick, um, which, you know, the shepherd will prod the sheep and also get them to get back on the, on the right path or even give them a little bit of a whack. And if you've been around long enough, uh, in association with Jesus, even though he's loving and patient and kind, uh, if you're a sheep, then you're probably going to mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually wander off. And um, don't be surprised if uh, you find a staff or a rod, <laughs> you know, coming uh, to, to get you back on, on course. I can say that from personal experience. But, you know, God is patient and kind and he will never um go overboard but he will certainly get our uh, you know focus and make us realize well hey don't go over there that's where the predators are stay in in the flock stay in the herd and see this is why uh, people going off on their own on some tangent isolating themselves and not going to church well that's so toxic you know um not only is it toxic to them 
spiritually, but it's dangerous. And it puts them in isolation, which is exactly what the enemy and any other predator wants for any sheep because they can attack and uh, quite often overpower that sheep. I mean, Jesus will always go and leave the 99 looking for the one, but we as sheep have got to want to be found. We've got to bleat out so the shepherd can hear us and bring us back. But if we're 100% committed to not being found, well, we'll we'll get what we get, and that it never ends well. So verse 5, talking about, you know, walking through that valley of the shadow of death in the earlier part of uh, the, the psalm here, um, this says it all. You, as in Jesus, the shepherd, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So it doesn't matter what politicians are saying or doing or what the economy is doing or what your relatives doing or Uncle Fred up the road or, you know, your crazy aunt or whoever it might be. doesn't matter what any of them say or do. We will have a table prepared before us in the presence of our enemies. Um, we will be feasting um, regardless, you know. So we're just following Jesus. And it says, you'll anoint my head with oil. Uh, my cup runs over. This is talking about multi- multiplication and blessing. You know, God uh, God is not um, a stingy God. He's a great provider. He's a great multiplier. But he wants us to see him as provider, as shepherd, as the giver of every good gift and to not delude ourselves that we did all this stuff. Everything we have comes from him. Our mental, physical, emotional, spiritual capabilities, uh, the, the ability to look after ourselves, to wash and shower and toilet ourselves and see and hear and eat and walk and move and everything. It all comes from God. And we could not do anything if not for those blessings. So we need to acknowledge him as our provider and as the one that gives us every good gift. Um, So verse 6, surely, as in there is no doubt about this, surely only goodness, mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. I mean, this this is amazing. This is so good. And the rest of this, uh, verse 6, And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. I mean, that's the end of the psalm. How, how good is that? How encouraging is that? Um, you know, like, God is everything. He's our provider and our sustainer and yeah uh we we need to see ourselves as stewards of what he's given us let him carry the burden of everything including finances and just act like a sheep and um, follow him wherever he goes and bleat if we've gotten off track and he'll come and find us and he'll um you know use the rod and staff uh to bring us back on track and um on, on that note, talking about the, the scepter, um, I don't know if you saw Queen Elizabeth's funeral, but billions of people around the world did. But one really uh, poignant uh, aspect of that funeral was that when they were about to take the casket into the vault, um, 
the scepter of her reign. A wooden scepter was snapped. Uh, it was broken in two. And that that's significant because throughout history, whenever there was passing of royalty, uh, one king or queen dying and another one uh, coming into the role, the, the scepter, uh, the representation of rulership of the one that passed is snapped or broken. And that has happened throughout history whenever royalty has passed to signify the end of their reign. And the significant thing I want to raise with that is that Jesus Christ, when he comes back, will come back with a scepter of iron, which cannot and will not ever be broken. His kingdom is the kingdom that will never end. It will just keep on expanding. And you can read about uh, the, the, the scepter of righteousness, um, the representation of his kingdom in the book of Revelation and elsewhere. Uh, but Jesus, as King of kings and Lord of lords, has a rod of iron, a scepter of iron that will never be broken. Um, that's very significant, you know. So, um, yeah, our, our God is El Shaddai. Um, he's the God of overflow, the God that multiplies, the God that gives more than enough. And you can see uh, who he is uh, from, uh, you know, when the 5,000 plus people sat down and uh, had uh, their their fill of uh, bread and fish in one of those miracles when Jesus got all the men, I think there was like 5,000 men. There was a couple of instances of uh, of, of that, but uh, 5,000 men probably meant there would have been, you know, at, at least double uh, that number of children and women tagging along. So, you know, 15,000 people there probably. Um, you know, that Jesus not only divided the, the bread and fish that the boy gave them, uh, but there was a lot left over and it was gathered up in baskets. And I always wondered why. And um, I researched it and that's the answer because our God is more than enough. He's, he's not a cheapskate. He never gives just under enough. He will always give more than, uh, more than what's required. Um, you know, so yeah, our, our God is the God of overflow and um, abundance in our lives. Um, so let's look to him as our source, as our shepherd, as our provider, and let's get our priorities right. Let's acknowledge him as true owner of everything. Let's take the financial pressure off ourselves, rely on him to provide, um, to be the good shepherd. All we have to do is follow along. It's not complicated. All we have to do is be uh, be one of the sheep and follow where he leads and he'll never lead us down, down a, a dead end. He will make us lie down in lush green pasture. Um, he will give us heart and mind peace. And I mean, this is, this is uh, so invaluable. I mean, it's, it's so worth it being a sheep in, in the shepherd, uh, well, under the shepherdship of Jesus. Um, because, you know, we, we don't have to uh, do mental gymnastics and think, oh, where's he leading us? I mean, he's, he's God. 
He knows where he's leading us. And all we have to do is just follow. We don't even have to think about it. All we have to do is follow him, be in deep, intimate, personal relationship with him, be in the flock, in the middle of the flock, not on the outside, wandering off, making ourselves um, exposed to predators, but staying in, in the pack, being with the other sheep and following where the good shepherd goes. Um, so I, I, I hope it's blessed you. Um, I, I look forward to talking to you again soon, but yeah, um, I, I hope you take the time to dwell on these things and importantly, uh, make the mental shift if you haven't already to acknowledging Jesus as Lord of all, as provider, as sustainer, as the giver of every good gift and as the owner of everything, including you. Um, Acknowledge him as such. Um, Acknowledge that you are just a steward. You will be passing from this life at some point and anything you've had, you'll have to give account of what you did with it uh, when you meet him. So let that be a good meeting. Amen.